Welcome to the Art of Conversation. I'm Cam Roberts. Today, I had the honor and the privilege of speaking with Elijah Pageant. He is a phenomenal Christian EDM artist that goes by the name of Moylem. More of you, less of me. I, I absolutely love what he stands for as a person and as an artist. And just, he is the most humble and down to earth person and just absolutely wicked on the keys and knows how to create any feeling sonically. And just, he's an amazing person. And I'm just so excited for you guys to hear what he has to say. We talked about religion and like what religion really is. We talked about music. We talked about going to college for music. We talked about so much today. And I just, I cannot wait for you guys to hear what he has to say. But before I get into the episode, I have two announcements to make. Number one, I started my own company and I'm super stoked about it. I call it ProJ Sandwiches. I create nutrient dense clean ingredient and protein-packed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I use the cleanest and finest ingredients I can to create a, f- uh, a familiar favorite while still keeping flavor. Yes, they still have flavor, um, but they're still super good for you. They're really good for your gut. They're good for your body, but yet they still reminisce on what it was like eating a peanut butter and jelly as a kid. So I'm super excited about this, and I really, really would love if you guys would try one. There is a link in the show notes to go to my website, which is projsandwiches.com. When you are at checkout, you can use code PRO50 to get 50% off your order. That's right, 50% off. Please, if this is something that sounds really cool to you, I please try it with all of your heart because I think you will absolutely love it. I'm, I'm super stoked about this and stand fully behind it. I'm so excited. And announcement number two, all my Denver peeps, I am playing live alongside Keenan Trayvon and Tracy Chapman tomorrow, Friday, October 20th at Skylark Lounge. We will be there playing some music, having a great time. It would mean the entire world to me and the band to see you guys there. Like Words can't describe how amazing it would be to see you guys there. I'm super excited for this, to see everybody in person. Say hi to everybody. I'm so excited. Um, I'm talking way too much, and I'm sorry. As always, I cannot thank you guys enough from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast and for supporting and for sticking with it. Just, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough, seriously. And without further ado, because I'm going to stop talking now, this is Elijah Patchen. He goes by Moylem. Follow him on Instagram at Moylem underscore music. You will not be disappointed. Please go check out his music. He creates waves. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, here's Moylem. Talk soon. Water ASMR. <laughs> Subscribe. Water ASMR. Let's see here. Questions. <clears throat> Questions. Question. Question. Questions. Okay. All right. I think we're ready. Get everything all situated. I'm taking this off. All right. Don't say anything stupid. We're recording. Right. This is live. So don't don't say anything you will regret. <laughs> Frick it. We're do we're doing it live. Okay, so I guess first things first, I kind of want to dive in because I don't think I've ever really picked your brain on why you decided the name Moylem. Where did Moylem come from and like what made you, what made you go to that name? So Moylem originated from a couple different places. So one, 
I was trying to look for an artist name that wasn't already taken, and that seems kind of, <laughs> like, like, impossible that. nowadays because you're like, oh, yeah, no one's named, like, you know, Cheez-It Man or whatever, and then you look at them, and sure enough, there's Cheez-It Man or whatever. And so <clears throat> I was looking for something that was, like, kind of short, like, two-syllable, three-syllable word and something that still embodied, like, what – my idea of who I am is. And, um, so I listened to a song, um, and I've listened to the song for a long time. Um, it's called, uh, I think it's called burn here. Let me, let me double check actually. Um, but it's a Jeremy camp song and if I can get the lyrics here, let me see. Go ahead and fact check that song real quick. Yeah, we're going to fact check it because... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I will get canceled if uh, if I don't... True. This. Yeah, if you don't fact check this, Facebook's coming after you right now. Uh, let's see. I do like that. That is funny that you said that about the name thing. Oh, yeah. Go well, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it is funny because I remember when I was first starting out as an artist, I was originally going to do the name uh, Retro. Like, or oh, retro. yeah. I was like, oh, perfect. I remember typing in on Google or on uh, Apple Music. I couldn't find myself for a day. There were so many mm, retros. It was yeah. insane. Right. It's yeah. like, how is this allowed? First of all, like that doesn't make sense to me. There should be a cap somehow, some way. You'd think so. But yeah, it, it, it goes crazy. It's and that's insane. the thing. It's like making your name searchable. So that's like, oh, when I search retro, it goes right to your music <laughs> instead of. Right. It's like, oh, what's this like Mr. Beast video? Or right. <laughs> Okay, exactly. so the song is actually called Empty Me. Oh. Um, it's not called Burn, but um, basically the lyrics go like, holy fire, burn away my desire for anything mm. that is not of you and is of me because I want more of you and less of me. Whoa. And so that's kind of that's where um, part of where Moylem came from is mm-hmm. the more of you, less of me part. Because wow. then Moylem's an acronym. Right. right. And so I think that like him saying that um, was like part of really what kind of got me thinking about the whole idea as well as um, let's pull out the Bible here and go to John 330 because I believe that is like the Moylem scripture. Let's see. Do, 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 if I can find where I am here. So, yeah, um, John 3.30 says that he must become greater and I must become less. And so that's also like, so it's rooted in scripture, the whole idea of like, oh, yeah, I need more of God within my life than I do of like myself in a way. And it's not supposed to be like a self degrading kind of thing was like, Oh, you know, like I suck or whatever, but it's mainly talking about like the part of yourself that maybe you're not proud of, or like often people refer to as like the shadow self or the flesh or, um, you know, things like that, that represent where it's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, I do these things and it's like afterward you kind of have regret or resentment or you hate yourself or whatever. Um, and it's like, I need less of that part of myself mm. and I need more of God. And if God is somebody who, you know, comes and lives within us, like as in the Holy spirit, 
Um, that therefore is like a part of me. And that's the part that I want more of. Right. So that's the main meaning. Yeah. is more of you, less of me. And then, um, through a group that I joined and I've been a part of for, um, almost two years now. Um, it's this men's group and it's run by a gentleman by the name of Ken Curry. And he's a, uh, licensed, uh, marital and uh, family therapist. Okay. And I started seeing him, um, over, I think 2021, like kind of as COVID was still a huge thing. And I was going through a really hard time mm. and dealing with, yeah, a lot of like identity issues and, resentment or, um, just having trouble letting go of things. And through that whole program, he kind of like teaches you how to live from an internal place instead of like being, uh, governed by externals, which could be like your family of origin or, um, like the people you surround yourself with society, media, like anything really like anything can be an external Um, and through that whole process, he has us come up with like what he calls, um, your true name, which your true name, you kind of come up with yourself because when you're born, you're given a name, right? And it's like, we don't really have much choice now. I know now you can like legally change your name or whatever, but, um, it's more of like, who do you see yourself as? Right. And so I chose Moylum and that still, yeah, stands for more of you, less of me. It also stands for um, man of Yahweh, a uh, lover of mankind, and Yahweh is another name for God. And then the last big meaning is um, man of youthfulness, loyalty, openness, and masculinity. And those are all like speaking to different parts of who I am and um, kind of what my mission is because I think loyalty and openness and masculinity and loving God and loving people and valuing human dignity are all really, really important and something that I want to express through music and how I live my life. So, yeah. God, I love that. Wow. I I really, really like that. I like that you actually took the time to really depict what you want yourself to be called. And I really do like how you said your true name. That's really fascinating. I never... I never thought of like, I've never thought of even like just a musician name as that, like, or anything mm. on this planet as what you just described it as like for me, Wavesy right. sounded cool. Like I never really gave it the thought process you did. So I really envy that. And the second thing too, that I thought was super interesting is the more of you, less of me. And like that, um, that Bible verse you brought up where it was like making, I'm sorry, I'm going to totally butcher this, but like making him greater and me, not smaller, but like me less. Yeah. Yeah. I he also, must become greater yes. and I must become less. Right, I think right. that's fascinating because like on a musician standpoint, like in a musical world, you want your, like your, the, you want your sound to be bigger and like not you as the person to be like, Oh, look at me. It's, this is my music. This is my product. You're going to fall in yeah. love with my sounds. I'm just making them. But realistically, right. I want you to fall in love with the world. Am I right or am I wrong? Like you, I want you to fall in love with what I'm painting. Like you can still like me as a person, but really the biggest power is the feelings you feel through what I'm creating. Yeah, sort of. Um, I think, yeah, I really value human creativity and expression. Love it. And like, you know, music is one of those things that I've always, I think really connected with and like it kind of, you know, gives you a sense of euphoria sometimes Mm -hmm. or like, you know, the, the hair stands up on your arms or your legs or whatever. And you just feel 
like this pretty indescribable feeling, uh, through your whole body or whatever. Um, or like, you know, it moves you to tears or to anger or to laughter or whatever. And I think that those are like, for me, some of the strongest evidences or like experiences that, you know, just make me think it's like, oh yeah, there's totally a God out there. And he cares about like us feeling, you know, and experiencing emotion and doing all of those kinds of things. And yeah, I think it's important, like the art that I create, I want to like, yeah, stand for itself. Um, but I also don't want like any fan base of mine to see me as anything greater than I really am, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I don't want to become somebody's idol or be worshiped or, you know, whatever. Cause I know there's definitely artists who want that and they crave that. Um, And while attention is, you know, nice or, you know, having fans is really cool. um, I'm just another guy, you know, and I think there's a lot of artists that I've met in the scene who crave what I'm talking about, where it's like, I just want to be seen as me, you know, even though they are like phenomenal artists and make great art, um, they just, you know, want to be treated as human. Right. Right. Oh God. I love that. I crave that so much. That's so cool. Cause again, like uh, I'm like, really fascinated with your name like first of all the logo you have it looks really cool i like Thank how you. it's set it's it's perfect it Shout suits out the eye Lucky. yeah yeah that's absolutely perfect it's so cool but again like it literally everything you just said encapsulates it more of you less of me and like that you could be the feeling you get from the music i created but like don't worry like Again, like I don't want to be idolized as whatever. This is just what right. I have to say. I love that so much. Yeah, thank you. Was, and um, I really value like, yeah, um, the connections I've made with other musicians in the scene. And so um, cool. what's interesting about like the whole DJing art form too is like you don't necessarily have to play all your own material, mm. although you can. And that's like really neat. I know certain DJs will like try and do that more often than not. Um, but by having like the whole more of you, less of me concept. It also applies to DJing because I can showcase other people who inspire me um, and other people's music in my own set and kind of be like, hey, I'm inspired by this or I'm listening to this at the moment and I want you all to hear it as well. And it's like, that's more of somebody else rather than like my own music. Right. Um, And when it's blended, I think it can, you know, turn into something really unique. So that's, I mean, that's very true. I mean, like all art form, all artists, we're all inspired from each other. So why not pick and choose your inspirations and blend them into something new? That's so flipping sweet. Exactly. Yeah. So during that time during COVID, was that when you really decided like, I want to be a musician, like after you came to the name or like, when did you decide you wanted to be like an artist more than like a performing musician or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Hmm. I don't know if there was, necessarily a definitive point where I was like, Oh yeah, I've got to like, you know, be a DJ or like, I've got to do this, but I've always been, or well, not always, but like, I've, I've always been fascinated by music from a very young age. Um, in general, whether that's, you know, like blues or piano music or, um, like jazz or, uh, Christian worship music or whatever. And I started playing piano at the age of four and then I moved to drums at like age 10. I kind of wish I would have stuck with piano a little harder just cause it's like, it's, it's so helpful to like know all the theory stuff or just be able to, you know, like jam out a melody or a baseline right. like really quickly. But 
Um, in middle school, I really got fascinated with electronic music and like the possibilities of remixes and kind of sounds that are not, I guess, from real instruments, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and I was like, this is almost a different level of like musical expression. Cause if you think about like instruments and like tonality and harmony, like those are all still very important and present, but now with the technology at hand, we can make sounds that have never been made before. And that's a different kind of, you know, way to express, you know, feeling or sound or whatever. Um, and so because I was so fascinated with that and then I wanted to start DJing, um, like right out of high school, um, just for fun, like I, I started and I was like, Oh, this is all like really cool. But like, what about like, you know, how can I make this myself? And so I started seeking out, you know, different people in the scene who I could take lessons from and learn how this art form was made. And I think it just kind of naturally progressed from there, um, especially where it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to make music, I definitely need a name, you know, and it's like, well, where, where do I start with that? So mm-hmm. does that kind of make no, sense? No, that's perfect. That's awesome. And it's true. Like being a producer, like at this day and age is super impressive. Like the, the, the amount of tools we have between different DAWs with the, like just how easy it is and accessible it is to record something on the fly. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You have a musical idea in your head, you have your phone, it has voice memos or whatever you record it right then and there, or you just get your microphone, record a sound outside, naturally morph it into something mm-hmm. like you said, beyond natural acoustic sounds. Yeah. Producing is super cool. That is really interesting that you fell in love with it in middle school. I love that too. Cause it's yeah. like an early on onset. Boom. There it is. Oh, totally. Did you have like a particular artist or a particular song that you heard at first and you're like, okay, I can do that. Hmm. Well, I know I definitely listened to a lot of like, um, like the living tombstone or, uh, like wooden toaster who <laughs> slash glaze or whatever. Cool. Um, I listened to like their music a lot and I thought that especially like part of the melodic nature of it and the soloistic, um, stuff in there really grabbed me. And then, uh, my cousin, Nathan, he showed me Temanite and mm. Temanite's probably still one of my favorite artists probably ever. And, um, he's still making music all the time. So like probably a lot of those were really early on influences as well as early monster cat stuff. Like nice. And by early, I, for me, I mean, probably like 2014, 2015, cause I know they go back uh, a little further than that, um, or a lot further, but, but yeah, so there's, there's definitely those people, um, like AU five for sure. Um, fractal, um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where it came from. So well, that's sweet. Oh, I love it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Having a ton of inspirations or like finding it when you're a kid is super fun too, because like, yeah. I don't know if you were like me, but like when I found ZZ top, like as a kid, my mind was so like just blown that I explored the whole entire catalog. And I got so obsessed with that band that I then hmm. heard something else. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I just, as a kid, my mind just kept getting blown and blown and blown like yeah. every single day. Like when I discovered something new, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a huge power into discovering something as a kid because mm. like, you're just like, you have this tiny little bubble when you're a kid and then like everything just opens up. And then when you're an adult, especially in this day and age, everything seems so accessible that like, yeah. I'm like, it's like, oh, that's cool. But like, 
experiencing it as a kid is a whole different level than experiencing it like when you're 25. I don't know if that. If no, it totally agree. makes sense. I think I think it's a matter of like familiarity. Yeah, part of it where it's true. like, oh yeah, when you're first exposed to like a particular genre of music or even a particular artist, you know, that sounds really different than anything you've ever heard. It can be really like jarring or um, exciting, and um, once you've like kind of heard it all or whatever you're right. just like yeah the you know so and so sounds like this person yeah, or whatever exactly. yeah you lose kind of part of like the the wonder or whatever um and i think that's why nostalgia is really a thing because you know the, it's like there's a reason why we kind of return to old things yeah um because it's like we're trying to get that like first exposure feeling mm. um or whatever mm-hmm. and that's that's definitely like part of it um but yeah. Oh, I like that. That first exposure feeling. No, that's, that's, it's true. Like we're all like, everybody strives to go back to that very first time you tasted something, heard something just yeah. that. Uh, yeah. That first experience circums everything else. Like that was, that's pure. Like that's exactly what that is. Yeah. And so like, how do you like going to school for music? What are the challenges? What are your, um, what's the word not discrepancies like but like what do you not like about it what do you like about it overall how do you feel about it Mm -hmm. what are your what are your thoughts what are your experiences i guess i'll start with um as a musician a degree is not necessary um and it's like it's an option if you are able to afford it which is one thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i mean College is really interesting. I think it provides a lot of like good things in terms of like just making you do stuff and sometimes it making you do stuff that you won't really continue afterward, but it gets you experience and it gets you to kind of think about different avenues that there really are in the music world because mm. there may be a lot more than you initially realize. Um, of like, oh yeah, you know, somebody's got to be the conductor and somebody's got to be, you know, a artist manager and somebody has to, you know, run the record label and somebody has to, you know, do the live sound. And, um, there's all sorts of different places you could be in. And depending on what uh, classes you are either made to take or that you have the option to take in college, um, you can really learn a lot about, just the different opportunities um, and then pursue those as much as you're able Um, as well as music provides a lot of connections that I would have never had otherwise. And not all of those are like maybe applied in the dubstep scene per se, because I've made a lot of those connections just on my own or being me or through social media or whatever, which you don't need college for. Um, but like, especially in the, the jazz world, cause I, the other thing, big thing I do is jazz drums and I've been, you know, playing drums for, yeah, like 13 years. And, um, I've met a ton of great jazz artists and, you know, like vocalists who I could even try and feature on like EDM tracks or, um, my friends, uh, Dan Sotolsky, he played guitar and, um, on my upcoming release, uh, called Requiem and uh, like you can't fake, you know, re- like ele- electric guitar no, um, with a, with a synth quite yet. You know, no. it's like a lot of other things you can like kind of fake or get away with, but not, not that. No. And so it's important to have, you know, like 
access to great instrumentalists. And also I've, I've made some friends who, um, are really close, uh, and I see to this day. And, um, so like those, those are all positives about it. Um, as far as like gripes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is just so expensive. And the only reason I'm going at the moment, uh, and I attend the university of Denver, um, is, uh, yeah, just because I've got a great scholarship. Um, if I didn't have a scholarship, there's no way I would, (laughs) I would ever go. Um, so I think, you know, if you are thinking about that, it's really important to have good scholarship or financial backing or whatever. Um, and really know that like, this is what you want to do. Um, part of me wishes I would have taken a gap year because I just went right from senior year into freshman year of college. And, um, I think part of what like forced me to slow down and really think about what I want to do was the COVID pandemic. Cause they basically kicked everybody off campus for mm-hmm. like a little bit. Um, instead of me just taking the time and being like, Oh, like, you know, what, what do I really want? Like what, what makes my heart come alive and, um, what am I passionate about and what do I think is possible for me? Um, now the funny thing is probably if I had taken a gap year and then COVID would have rolled around, I might've never gone to college at all just because of that. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's like one of the biggest things. And then, um, especially, and this is like a gripe I have with like pretty much all college is when you're paying for an education, why are they making you take outside credits? Like, and they're not even music related. It's like, why do I need, you know, two quarters of a language or why do I need to take like a natural science class or a math class? It's like, I don't want to do that. So like, why therefore am I paying for that? And, you know, it's all in the name of well-roundedness or whatever. And so it's like, I, I get that, but isn't that what public education is for? Like we already did that in high school and um, middle and elementary school or whatever. And so I'm like, like, yeah, offer those courses if people want to do it, but why are we like making them do it? You know, some of that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and it's not just a problem of D it's a problem like at every university, as far as I'm concerned. Um, maybe if you do like a trade school or an art school, it's not that way. And that's definitely also something to consider if like, you know, you're listening and you're like, Oh, well, you know, if I want to like do a certain kind of art or, or music or whatever, it's like, what are the options for me? Right. Um, so that might be something to consider. And then, um, one thing I never really understood was people's idea of the college experience. Um, whatever that's supposed to mean. I don't really think I, um, like understood what that was about. Cause it just, to me sounded like, Oh yeah, you know, go and party and maybe like sleep around or, um, like be youthful or, you know, get drunk or just kind of like experience things. But part of me is like one, I don't even have time for that because I've got so much coursework to do or whatever. And I'm trying to improve as a musician and get gigs or whatever. And the other part of me is just like, why, why is that worth it to you? Like, what does that really provide for you? Um, other than just a bunch of like heartache really. Um, so that's something that I don't think I really got to experience. Not that I missed out, 
but I think people hype it up a lot and I don't, I don't really vibe with that too much. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I got to say really. No, I like that. And I definitely think you're not alone too with that whole like college scene. I mean like the more and more you probably go to a college, the more and more you realize that like maybe 70% of the students actually don't do what, you know, don't do that unless you're like a frat, which is really cool because like, when you're in high school, you're always like, oh, college would be the best. It's just like one giant party that your parents pay for. But then like you do get there and you're like, nah, like I'd rather nah. not like because it's like you hear the horror stories or like you said, you have way too much homework where it's like, I don't have time to go to a party tonight. No, like, it's a waste. It's a waste of more money, first of all. And, yep. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I thought was super interesting is um, uh, like that, th- the connections piece, like mm-hmm. all the professors, especially in your specific degree or specific department like the connections you can get from just going to class and picking their brain because who knows what they've seen i mean they're college professors so they've seen it all that to me i think is worth it which is like because like i've always like teetered between going to school for music but i was always like i don't know because like youtube was there but at the same time youtube offers you a brief whatever you're looking for at the very specific moment but you don't get connections necessarily or you don't get you don't get the physical material. You don't get that experience of sitting in a classroom of peers, right? Because yeah. like people always argue, like, well, I'm not going to college because I can do it on YouTube. Yes, that's fair. Yes, you can learn on YouTube. However, the part you're going to miss is that like actual tangible experience, which is like what we right. talked about with that like first mind-blowing experience. Who knows? That class could really change your mind versus sitting at a computer watching it on a screen. Right, yeah, and talking to people who have been in the industry exactly. and are professionals. And the thing is, like, it also depends on where you go because you could go to colleges where the professors actually don't have any idea because <laughs> they have, actually true. haven't done anything. <laughs> that's true. And so it's like, yeah, research faculty. Like, it's like, okay, who are these people and what have they done and who have they learned from, where, where have they come from? And then it's like, yeah, if they're legit, like, if you can – you know, go and like pick their brain. Like, yeah, you might learn a whole lot that you wouldn't have learned, um, online. And then online, you know, like there's a whole lot of information and not all of it is true. And so you also have to be careful with that. Um, not that everything at college is true either, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, you're probably in a little better hands, like learning audio engineering from a professor than you are just people on YouTube. Um, even though some people on YouTube absolutely know what they're talking about and there's a whole lot that don't. Mm -hmm. So it's again, like you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's a double edged sword. Oh, absolutely. Um, But, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. No, it's fascinating. I, I, I wish I gave like an actual, like gave a better try at like a legitimate college experience than like Metro Mm, Metro to me. And maybe I'm just skewed because I haven't taken a ton of classes there, but the classes I have taken, it's just, it feels like a community college. And like when I was in community college, it was just another version of high school. Everyone was just kind of there. It was like a weird purgatory college. Like everyone Mm. was like on the fence of like, should I make friends or should I just steal your homework? Like it was like really weird. Yeah. Like at least in classes I was in. So I wish I gave that a better chance, but I'm in the same boat as you with college where I wish like there were more trade colleges where you just go in you get what you need done and you get out because right. like when I first started college and I saw that like, I have to take economics again. I have to take Spanish again. Like I just literally did that in high school. What was the point of high school? Because right. it's like, now I have to pay to take what I just learned. Like mm-hmm. that's such a scam. Oh, totally. I also wish this is a really hot take and I don't know how many people would agree with this, but 
I really wish that individualized companies would offer more apprenticeships. So like, oh, okay. for instance, yeah. like going to school and getting a business degree to just become an accountant, why not just go to a company and apprentice for two years, get paid and help that company out and then work your way up instead of wasting four years at college, getting right. a degree and then starting over. Yeah. I always thought that was just weird to me. And maybe I have, a, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you're like wrong or right, but I definitely know where you're coming from. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, even a lot of my college professors, including yeah, business people who are teaching accounting are like a lot of the job you're going to learn on the job, exactly. not necessarily here. Right now you're, you're still getting like great knowledge and a great oh, yeah. foundation from college. Right. And, and that's probably part of what people are looking for. And then I think the other thing a degree really represents at the moment is that you can just work Yeah, because I think, true. I think that's the thing. It's like, Oh, if you don't have a degree, it's like, can I really trust you to like show up every day right. and do what you, and do what you want versus if you have a degree, it's like, well, you know, unless somebody did some really shady stuff, like you can, you showed up and that's you true. did the work and like, you're actually good enough to like earn this degree. So I'm less hesitant in hiring you. That's fair. But still, it's like, I don't expect you to know everything about this particular job right. on the first day, right? Mm -hmm. um, but no, I I think, yeah, if people or corporations were just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to, you know, internship you and then, um, or apprenticeship you, and then, yeah, you can start. I think that would also be great. And especially in the music industry, there's oh, yes. so many people who never went to college and are really successful. Um, whether they're, you know, doing engineering or, you know, they're an actual artist or whatever, like, yeah, there's, you know, lots of ways people make it. And one of those ways, which is really important is just having good soft skills and having good people mm. skills, you know, yeah. um, because you can know like everything, um, about like your craft or your instrument or whatever, right. but if you're not a person who people want to hang out with <laughs> or like, you know, right. if you never say, Hey, or like actually care and see the people around you, then like you're going to have a harder time because very you true. Just, you know, hate people or something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Secretly hate people, but make music. <laughs> right. It's like, that, that, that's, that's not, it sounds a like a bummer go. life. Oh yeah. Total bummer. <clears throat> no, so. that is very, yeah. Music. There's so many different sides to music other than just the music. Totally. Like being a, a, a person, people, being yep. a, I almost said it, being a people person is like top like that, like above your craft, like having connections and being able to connect with people like on a physical and like mental, like spectrum or ability is like, that's the big, biggest key to making a successful career in music. Like, yeah, it's one thing to write a song and have a bunch of people like it and then just, stay in the background and never interact with people. But mm -hmm. then there's another aspect of like really feeling a mutual connection with you and your audience. Cause like that's going to sell more than a hundred songs that have success. Like Absolutely. even if that one song you wrote does better than all of them and your other ones don't, it's, you still had a weird connection on that song that connects. Yeah. And this is something that I'm still really trying to work on. Um, both like, just being in the scene and like knowing it's like, okay, what's, what's the etiquette of the scene? Like right. what's the language, you know? Yes. And, um, like, what do, what do people know? Who are people like listening to? And, um, how can I approach people like better, you know? Cause yes. I've, I've had times in my life where I've approached somebody and, you know, just completely flopped. <laughs> and then other times where I'm like, you know, what? I nailed that interaction, you know? Um, and so it's not something that I'm, 
nearly perfect at. I don't um, think anybody is. Right. But it's something that it's like a muscle. You got to exercise it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just, I think by going out to shows and having fun and like, you know, smiling at people, waving at people, striking up a conversation. Cause it's like, again, it, it goes back to the, like, don't treat me as more or right. less than I am. Exactly. It's like, just treat me right. And that's what I want to try and do with other people. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, we're all here to hopefully have fun or make connections, right? Or, you know, like yeah, party or whatever. So it's like, what's the harm in really saying, hey, you know? Exactly. And if somebody's like not about it, it's like that's their problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right? their problem. No, I love it. What have you noticed between? So speaking of etiquette, like, what have you noticed between the etiquette of like the religion and then the music scene? Like, what if what's like? what are some of the things you can take away from being in like the religious music scene versus like the music scene? Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially going to like Denver kind of. and playing clubs or playing right. like, you know what I mean? Like for instance, like when we played Herman's hideaway versus like staying in like the, the church EDM groups, like what have you noticed? Like what are some like differences? Or- yeah. Um, so like as far as like the Christian music scene, I haven't actually been much in the Christian music scene. Oh, okay. Um, like in terms of playing churches a lot. I played I played a couple churches, um, just drums, mm. um, for like their worship bands or whatever. And then um like yeah, I've I've been to a lot of like secular shows. Um but like I think especially like in church, like the, the music there like is mainly serving a purpose to like build like I guess a unity and a community of it's like, all right, we all know these hymns or these songs mm-hmm. and we're all going to like sing them together. Um, and this is like, like, you know, their idea of like worship as part of a, you know, service. And then, you know, there's a sermon or whatever. So it's almost like just part of like the schedule or whatever. Um, and a lot of like, uh, <sighs> Hmm. People in the church, I think, have a hard time accepting, like, new forms of music Hmm. in a way. And I don't think it's for no reason. Um, I think that especially because, like, certain hymns are so traditional and so, like, ingrained in, um, like, the church history. Like, they will always, like, have um, a huge part of like what worship is like ideally supposed to be, Mm. um, for, you know, the church, I guess. And like to be exposed again to something new, sometimes it doesn't exactly resonate Mm. with people. And, um, like the, the music that I produce, which right now I'm kind of in the dubstep area, it's, it's a pretty like aggressive form of music. And that's just talking musically. It's not really talking about like, like even lyrically or spiritually it's, but it's like just aggressive in sound. Right. And so I think that can rub people the wrong way. Mm. Um, especially in the church. Cause it's like, Oh, well, like, do I want, you know, people coming in here of like all different age groups um, and listening to something that's like kind of harsh, you know, in nature, it's like, I don't know about that. Um, And it's like, I don't, I don't really blame them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know that like, there's other people my age who don't vibe with traditional like worship music either. And they're just kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is like, all right, but 
It's like, I need something that's either more energetic or captivating or whatever. And um, some people totally are energized and captivated by traditional worship music. Um, And I sometimes still am depending on the song, but um, like those kinds of people like look for music elsewhere and then they find like other secular music, like it's like, Oh, you know, I really vibe with metal or I really vibe with hip hop and rap or whatever. Right. Or any EDM. So like, I think I just want to like provide those kinds of people with like music that is still, you know, God honoring, but goes hard. And that is kind of in that vein. And I also want it to like, like still like meet, I guess, like secular standards as far as like musical proficiency, not necessarily a, like a spiritual element. Right. But in terms of musical proficiency, I want my stuff to hold up mm. and be able to be played alongside um, whoever it is, you know, like I want my tracks to sound as good as a virtual riot track. Um, and like, if you mixed one into the other, like it, it wouldn't be a drastic drop in quality. Right. So, yeah. And then there's a small, but hopefully, um, expanding CEDM scene, which is like Christian EDM. And there's a couple record labels like Extol Records, which my song Presence is released on, or, um, Apostle Records, which is where uh, my song Requiem is going to come out on. And like, um, there's a lot of really good people in there and they kind of, you know, feel the same way, um, or similar and like part, part of us like wants to reach out to the church and kind of change the church and be like, Hey, you know, we're trying to, you know, like kind of re evolutionize like what worship means. And a lot of them just aren't about it. And some people are about it, but a lot of them aren't about it. And, um, Yeah, I mean, there's there's also, you know, the people in those scenes that are like, well, like maybe we should focus on the secular scene and actually try and get people from that scene to like, you know, think about who God is and, you know, what Jesus has done for them. And so, um, yeah, there's there's all that, too. Wow. Yeah, that's super interesting. So the EDM scene is very not well. I guess niche, like the, it's a niche scene right now in the Christian world. So like, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's growing. It's kind of a smaller community. Like you said, right. right. That's super cool. I think that's yeah. fascinating. What is like the over, what is like the biggest genre for Christian? Like, is it, it's not like country or is it like rock or would you call no, it pop? I mean, country's kind of part of it, but like <clears throat> it's, it's more, yeah. Like rock pop kind of deal. Okay. Um, I know there's definitely like there's Christian music of all genres, um, EDM, there's definitely a lot of Christian country. There's, um, Christian rock, there's Christian metal, there's Christian hip hop and, um, like rap. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different, different stuff out there. That's cool. But, um, yeah, it's still kind of a, more of a niche thing right now. That's super sweet. And I love that you said, and I love that you are a drummer. Like classically, you are a drummer. You're a jazz drummer. Yeah. I think that's super sick because I saw Whiplash. I'm that kid. I saw <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watts Whiplash and I was like, okay, now I want to be a drummer. But like, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. How would, did you like that? Like, did you like playing with churches? Do you still do that? Or is that like, was um, that like I want to, I want to get back into it. I, okay. I haven't played um, in a church for probably, you know, at least like eight months or something. Mm. 
But um, it's something I want to get back into um, again for like connection sake. Also yeah. just another gig for me to True. keep drumming. And then I, I still haven't really found a, a church that I'm like, you know what? I really like connect here. And I feel like I have a lot of community and I can make friends and um, feel at home. I still mm. haven't really found something like that. Um, even though I've met like people here and there, like from churches who I still will keep in contact with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely like different, but it's really fun and it's, it can be a really rewarding experience to kind of help lead worship and to be a part of it, um, in, in a way. And, um, one of the things I love about drumming in any aspect is like, because my instrument is not like melodic per se, um, it's, it allows me to listen to everything that is melodic and harmonic, mm-hmm. like even more as I'm playing. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like I'm an audience member, but I'm just taking care of the rhythm, you know? And so I'm able to like, just listen to everybody else play while I play. And, um, like hearing people sing in church, for example, or hearing, you know, like other people solo in a big band or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really really cool experience like overall, but I definitely yeah, want to get more into it down the road. That's funny you said that about the the drummers you're just an audience member playing like keeping the rhythm. Cuz like yeah. I that's how I no, well, I don't have that same feeling with the guitar, but I have a similar feeling where I'm playing guitar and I'm like I'm literally just playing a melody like it, mm-hmm. cuz like I want to be like the drummer and I want to start, you know, doing more percussive stuff and like Oh, okay. So like it's funny I think there is like a, like a really tight unity that you find within a band. Like when you play in a band, you pick up on all of your different band members, like little niches, like like yep. the bass player, you pick on techniques, the drummer, you're like, oh, I can replicate that. Or the drummer listens to a certain part that the um, vocalist is playing. He's like, oh, I can embellish that. Like, oh, my, oh totally. You know, yeah. I just think that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. But how come you didn't stick with the jazz route? Was it because oh, I could be completely off the wall here, but did you like lose interest in jazz? Cause like you were going to school for it and like, you were kind of like being taught it every single day or was it just like, eh, just not like as into jazz I thought I was, or why not go straight with jazz? Cause like, that's what you've been playing. Right. Um, yeah, I think I just, at the moment I haven't really like totally fallen in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, versus EDM, like I'm way more like obsessed with it and I want to know more. Mm-hmm. And like, I find myself, um, like listening to EDM all the time and going through SoundCloud and like trying to find new artists versus mm. jazz. I never really have done that. And part of it could be an education spin on it. Like maybe if I just started like drumming in like the jazz world or the scene, I would be way more invested. And I think like both jazz and EDM are an acquired taste in my opinion. Mm. I don't think like either of them, most of the time people like listen to first off and they're like, Oh yeah, I love this. (laughs) I think it's kind of like, Oh, well this is different Mm. and this is interesting. And one thing I like that both jazz and uh, electronic music share is complexity. Yes. Um, unless you listen to maybe like techno and it's just a kick drum, but uh, that's, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm half joking, but I know. <laughs> um, so it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. As, as if complexity, but anyways, um, but yeah, I, I just think I didn't hmm. fall in love with it as much as EDM. And I don't think I can do EDM forever to be honest, like for sure because of how, yeah, 
aggressive and loud like wow, the wow. the genre is and the mm-hmm. scene is at the moment. Yeah. Um like yeah, I don't think I can probably vibe with it for forever, but I'm young and I love it now. And maybe as I get older, I will start like diving into jazz way more and like really start to be like, oh yeah, like I want to know more about this and I want to pursue this more. Um, but I think like having jazz, uh, a jazz background and jazz chops and like knowing like a little bit more probably than the average person about jazz, mm-hmm. like is definitely going to help me in the EDM world. Um, because like not everybody knows how to, you know, maybe do some jazz harmony or, you know, voice some jazz chords or whatever that can make, um, a regular, you know, beat like really spicy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Not everybody knows how to jazz. So like, that's really cool. (laughs) No, I love it. That's interesting. I was just curious. Cause like for me, like why I never took guitar lessons was because I hated the fact that I was going to sit down and someone was going to tell me what to play. So I was just curious, like with you going to school for music and like jazz, like to me, my little brain always thinks that like when you go to school for music, everyone's going to be like, here's a bunch of jazz because it's like the most complex version of music and you learn so much from it. So I was just curious if you were like in class or wherever, like, God, I'm getting tired of jazz. Something else sounds appealing. Right. Um, Yes and no. I think especially with what you said about, oh yeah, somebody's going to just tell me what to play you right. know, as if like, yeah, they're taking away freedom. Yes. I don't think I ever really felt that way um, unless they maybe put me in like a classical orchestra or something <laughs> Then it's like, okay, well I have to play this right. now. now you'll play um, classical. But I, I really felt like um, they were actually trying to give me the ability to express myself mm. and with freedom. And I mean, big part of jazz is soloing. And in soloing, like nobody tells you exactly what to play and a lot of it's improvised. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's very in the moment and it's very like, okay, like I don't like anytime I solo, I don't know exactly what I'm going to play. And it's like, I know things I can play and it's like, okay, well I've got, you know, like snare drum and a kick drum and a couple of toms. And then I've got hi-hat crash and ride or whatever. Right. And it's like, all right, well these are options and these are possibilities for me to, you know, like express myself, but I don't know it until I do it. Hmm. And, and so that's like a really cool feeling and a really, um, fun way to experience music. That is a really Um, cool way. And yeah, I'd never felt like my teachers were trying to take something away from me. I think they were just trying to give me tools to help further. Yeah. Again, express myself. Um, but I, I do somewhat like empathize with like your statement because, you know, if you have like a bad teacher, um, they can totally be that way where it's like, no, no, don't, you don't play that, you know, or like, or whatever. And like, they just kind of shut you down. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. Terrible. No, it is terrible. So, and I was just always like, I was the punk rocker where like all yeah. my guitar, like, well, I only had a, a couple of guitar teachers, but all my music teachers and guitar teachers, like most specifically my guitar teachers, they were always just like, okay, we're going to learn the A minor scale. And I was just always like, sure. shut up. Like, I want to learn it on my own. Don't tell me how to learn right, it. Even right. though sometimes I found myself like, can you teach me the A minor scale? Cause like, you know, like yep. there's always that. But anyway, no, I like that. I think that's really cool. Mm. I, I love that explanation. And I love that you're just like naturally finding different, different ways to express yourself through music and also still really incorporating the roots of jazz. Cause like you said, yeah. EDM with jazz is wild like oh totally jazz but you know what i mean like the chords the structures the, yeah the changes like, certain turnarounds it just opens right. up so much 
Absolutely. It's insane. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And no so doubt. with, so like you are very much a person people and like, I love that you're like really into connection and creativity. What are your thoughts now on like AI music and AI movies, AI pictures, pretty much what are your thoughts on AI? What do you, what do you, okay. what do you, what do you have to say about it? Yeah. So one thing is, um, like AI is still very new. Mm-hmm. Um, and like now it's really like making its way into a lot of like different scenes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a tool now, um, like, oh man, I, I don't remember what it's called, but basically it helps like create sound design or like serum patches or whatever. Whoa. Um, and so like, it's crazy. And some people have used it and gotten really good results and hmm. like, that's cool. Um, and there's certain like maybe plugins that use AI, like, like soothe or whatever, where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to artificially know which frequencies to attenuate, um, or whatever to like help get rid of like harshness or whatever. And so like, there's, there's aspects of AI that I think are really neat and are like, Hey, this is like a cool tool and this can help me get started, um, with an idea. Um, I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. It's almost the same as like buying presets that somebody else made right? Um, or whatever, right? But I think like when AI is like used either too much or like, um, you know, it, if, if it ever becomes to the point where it's like, oh yeah, if I just type into wherever like the song I want and it spits it out and it like actually sounds real, I mean, that's kind of terrifying. Um, and I don't know exactly what all goes into that. Um, mm-hmm. and I know like certain AI pictures, um, mm-hmm. or, or like generate pictures like yeah. can look really good. Yes. Um, I don't think any of them look like perfect by any means. Mm-mm. Um, and there's always a certain uncanny like feeling, um, or, or thing about them when they're generated where you're just like something about this just isn't right. Right. Um, and maybe, maybe that is just like the human element, um, which is like kind of indescribable, but it's just like, Oh yeah, well you can tell a person made this, you know, or you can tell a machine made this. Right. Um, I'm not super concerned at mm-hmm. the moment that it's like a threat to music or a threat to, um, even visual art right. um, or anything. I think um, rather it's like a, helping a starting point and um, maybe giving inspiration. But depending, again, on how it evolves, it could really become something that's like a little more concerning. Um, but I think I'll always just love, you know, human creation way more. Oh, I agree. Because um, it's it's just different. Because Yeah, and it has way more, I think, inspiration behind it rather yes. than like – a machine going like, okay, we're going to like take this and this and this. And it's like, uh, it's almost like it's not thinking, right. you know, it's like, it's like trying to come up with a solution as quick as possible rather than marinating it on it mm. or like thinking about it. Um, so those are kind of my thoughts right now. And, um, we'll see how it becomes or doesn't become, um, part of everyday life for artists or just right. people and businesses in general. Um, cause you know, maybe it's like, AI could, you know, fill out uh, accounting forms way better than a human could or whatever. Yeah. And that will cost people jobs. Um, but as long as, you know, people are able to keep working and keep doing what they love in any respect, um, and people can still provide for themselves and their families, I think that AI is not necessarily a bad thing. So 
Oh, I that's yeah, that's like really beautifully put. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's interesting. I, it's funny. Um, one of the one of the teachers I work with, her her daughter or her daughter's husband got a phone call um, from her daughter, but it wasn't her daughter. It was an oh, AI scamming service that called, and her daughter was on the other end. It was identical to her voice. Oh my gosh! And it said, "Hey." I need your help. I need you to send the money to whatever. And then another voice popped on the same recording and said, please do this now. Your daughter's in danger. It was like a different voice. Oh my God. It was absolutely insane. She goes, you would never believe me, but this happened this weekend. They got a robo call from a random number from a Colorado number. Uh-huh. And they just answered it and said, Hey, this is whoever. And that, that was wild to me. That's so like scary. Yeah. that really freaked me out. And it's, it's a real thing. Like it's been yeah. going around like that to me is crazy. That AI is right. that smart. <clears throat> I mean, it isn't that crazy because now there's websites. I've used one where you go in, you take an audio recording of whoever you want and mm-hmm. you put it in this, this machine and you type it out and it enunciates it just like that person. Right. right. Which is wild to me. Yeah. Or like that viral, um, TikTok song that was going around where it was that AI Drake song. Um, I can't remember the lyrics now, but it was going around hardcore. Yeah. And it like, yeah. I think Drake or whoever, his team finally got to it and kept pulling it down. So like, even if you try to put it up, it would get pulled down. The audio kept getting taken. Right. But it was identical. It was, that was scary to me. And just, it's, it's wild that we, as people created that, like that's something we yeah. created. Yeah. That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Yeah. And especially with like the vocal replication <laughs> stuff. So wild. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I still don't think it's like foolproof. No, it's or perfect. Not. And, and again, there's still an uncanniness about it, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, it, it is getting like kind of, kind of wild that you can do that. And like people have made so many memes like through oh, that yes. stuff and that, you know, again, it's a tool where it's like, if you want to use it to scam people, you can, and that's, you know, morally you know questionable and not good right um, versus like oh yeah you know i want to make a meme or i want to make somebody laugh or yeah you know maybe like it's like oh yeah what if you know frank sinatra sang the five nights of freddy song or whatever it's like <laughs> you could do that i guess you could and, definitely do that um, in today's age and so it's like you know but you can't you can't resurrect no sinatra and no. make him sing something right it's right like, yeah, it's not a thing. No, it's but, definitely not. But like yeah, it, that's wild, dude. It's so insane. But like, it was funny because I was on uh, Instagram the other day and I saw someone made an AI generated image of Steve Harvey playing the bass. Mm. It was that like a like the "What is up, Denny's" kind of video. So it was like this weird intimate oh, really? restaurant setting. He was like screaming into a microphone with the bass. It looked real. Like at first, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But like, yeah, it's. AI images are on a whole different level. Oh, like, yeah. It's insane. Like some of the stuff that comes out is just so funny. Right. But um, no, I love it. I think that art needs to stay human. Like I definitely think, cause like yeah. as soon as, as soon as there's any little like robotiness to it, or what I like to say is perfectness to it, mm-hmm. it's ruined. Cause like, yeah. Anytime I think of a computer, I think of perfection because like, that's what a computer mm-hmm. strives for. It's it strives for two plus two is four. Whereas like, you know, humans, there's always a certain amount of error. At least I think like yeah. flesh and oops, that's <laughs> really loud. Like there's always um, like a certain amount of error with flesh and blood. Like that's just how it is. Cause yeah. like nobody's perfect. But to me, a computer, a computer can be perfect sometimes. Hmm. And so like, I think when it comes to music, especially there has to be that certain amount of expression. Otherwise it's just copying. Play right. a song in the form of ACDC and it's going to pick and choose and play it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a human has to sit down and really find like the in-betweens and like, okay, yes, I want to use something from ACDC. I also want to inspire something from like Aerosmith, but like how right. can I still 
make it me whereas like AI is like, oh, great. Yeah, here. Here's a simple chord progression. Yeah. That these two are sound similar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's like, I don't know if AI can really like, you know, in a way like listen very hard. Right. It, where it's like a human, it's like if, oh. if, if somebody marinates over something, it's like they can they can really get it. Yes. This is an AI. Like, is it is it really patient enough to do that right know, and like really know um yeah. versus like oh it's like well i just know because i'm a machine exactly right that's what i mean by the perfectness yeah. right because like we can critically think we can sit down and like why do i really like this chord progression or like what about this chord progression do i want to use in my song whereas the mm-hmm. computer is like thanks right like, right perfect or um, even like tone yes and, like, tone all those things that's yeah. a big one yes yeah. tone and like how a vocal like oh exactly tone is the biggest thing Oh my God. Yeah. That's why I fell in love with Van Halen Yeah, was Eddie's tone. Like right. that can never be replicated no. ever again in a million years. And mostly because it came from his fingers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that like, Oh, his tones from his guitars from his amp. And yes, both of those equate to the tone. But the biggest reason he got his sound to sound like that was because he played it right it was from his own. It was fingers. just him. Oh, yeah. it drives me nuts. Um, what is your favorite key? Oh man. I don't know if I have a favorite key. Um, <sighs> Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite key. I what's what's really fun is like I will take a song and I'll plug it into the DJ software I use, which right now is Rekordbox, and um, it has like the key shift mm. feature. And Ooh. so sometimes I'll listen to songs in different keys, and you can do this on a DAW if you just like pitch whatever down, and yes. it like the the quality goes down a little bit because you're like stretching or pulling stuff. Right. But it's still interesting to hear like the melodies in different keys. And part of me is like, you know what? Like it does have a slightly different feel sometimes if it's in a different key, but not like so much to the point where it's like, oh, it's a whole new song now. Right. Um. So. Yeah, um, I guess I'll just say, yeah, I don't have a favorite key. <laughs> Interesting. You like all the keys. You're a, I you're like a fan the of them all. I love I, it. I'm my all about equality now, for, dog for all keys. <laughs> now just absolutely taking over the interview. Hi, hi, hi Abby. Abby, <laughs> I can't believe this. Abby, <laughs> get down, girly. It's all right. Uh, this is a live studio broadcast. This is a live studio. Stay down, who let buddy. this dog in here? Uh, who, oh, <laughs> a dog. Um, no, that's sweet. No. I'm going to be that guy, and I'm going to say I really like slowed and reverbed music. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> like uh-huh. that slowing down thing. Let me, let me ask why. I'm, I'm curious. I'm actually why? like, why? Because it has to do with what you were saying where that little thought of like, you know, I like this. Like in that different key, like hearing your favorite song played in a different key at a different tempo to me just uh-huh. like really hits or like when I like. Oh, so it's almost like the same thing. Huh? Yeah. So oh, it's like, so for instance, like when I first heard Frank Ocean self-control, it was like slowed and yeah. reverbed. It, I, I can't explain it to you, but when I had the headphones on and like, I was just, it felt like I was in an empty room cause it's what the reverb sounded like. Sure. It's not like I was in an empty room and like all my emotions felt like a person. Cause like mm. it was like slow down. I can really hear the lyrics. I can really hear all the little yeah. um, nuances of the song. At a slowed pace, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I felt like I was walking next to the song in a way. And so then I just huh. absolutely fell in love with slowed and reverb songs. Like, yeah. any song I've ever heard, I'm like, oh, there's got to be a slowed version of this. Because, like, I want to hear the different key. I want to hear the different feeling. Right. Because I'm one of those weirdos that when I hear a song, I hear a color. And so every key, yeah. I can visualize different colors. And I can visualize different things. So when I hear a different key, 
I'm like, oh, now I hear a whole bunch of different colors. Like I can see right. all of them. Do you, do you, so do you, do you know what synesthesia is? Yes. Is, is so is yep. that it? That's a hundred percent it. I, yeah, I love it. What, what is that like? I'm, I'm really curious. I think it, it's, I love it because it gives music a whole different, it gives music a whole different thing. Like for instance, right. like certain album covers, like I can see why certain album covers have the image they have because like when I'm oh. listening to the music, I can, I can see what, like what the musician or like the, whoever it was, what the band, the musician was thinking when they yeah. picked that album cover, like for instance, my sponge album over there, the rotting pinata, yeah. that whole album, like I, 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 it, feels like fall first of all whenever i hear it but i can really mm-hmm. hear like bright reds and oranges and black that because it's just a dark very intimate like whatever album and yeah every time i hear a song like my mind just turns off everything else and i just see colors and i see landscapes it's the oh, weirdest wow. thing but i i love it yeah it's my favorite thing that is really cool <laughs> mm-hmm. wow yeah because sometimes i'm that weirdo too that when i have a color like I people are going to hate when I say this, but pink skies. The only reason why I wrote that song was because I had a pink sky in my mind the entire time I wrote that song. Nothing else. Yeah. No other lyrics, nothing. Just, I wanted that color because like I heard another song that made me think of that color and I was like, I can do that. And so that's what came out of my head for that color. That was beautiful. It was weird. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, what, let's get really deep for like the last couple of questions. Okay. Um, what is like, what is religion? Why, why did you gravitate towards it? What about religion? Do you like, like as a whole, what is religion to you? What does it mean to you? That is an interesting question. Um, and I'll preface this by saying, um, like the religion word is pretty loaded. Mm. Um, and like, because as, as we know, there's lots of different like religions that are practiced. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, why have I, you know, chosen Christianity or why do I follow it or whatever. Um, when there's are so many other religions, for example, or like you can, I guess have no religion per se, Mm -hmm. um, and go through as like agnostic or atheist or whatever. And so I want to say like, I think the idea of God is what really fascinates me. Um, as like, you know, because I, I think this world is really too radical mm. and both too too random and too wonderful to be an accident. Um, I think like if, if, if you think that like certain songs by your favorite artist just came out of like the cosmos somewhere and that it just like happened to be a thing that you're kind of kidding yourself. <laughs> it's right. like, I, like I think it, totally cheapens it Mm. like to, to a, like a terrible degree. Um, or like, you know, if, yeah, if you think about a pink sky and, you know, sunsets and nature and, um, just how like crazy beautiful the earth is and just be like, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's an accident. Like, I don't, I don't buy that for a sec, you know? And, and even if that at the end of the day was true, it's like, I don't want to live my life thinking that way. I think that's like super lame <laughs> and I love it. Um, like not, not fun. And, um, or the idea of a soul, it's like, if, if we don't have a soul, I'm like, where does all of this? Yeah. Crazy, beautiful stuff come from, you know? Um, and I also like the idea of God because of like the justice aspect, because I think there is a lot of, on the contrary, darkness and evil and terror 
in the world. And at the end of the day, I think that like justice needs to be served. Um, and people can't just like get away with everything, um, at the same time. And so like, I think, um, as far as I know, um, and I want to keep like going through life, researching, um, different belief systems and religions and see like where they really came from and how much, um, historical backing and evidence there really is for them. Um, but I think as of right now, like Christianity to me makes the most sense. And I think like most of that is just Jesus. Um, because Jesus, if you know, he is real, which I believe he is, um, he's like, you know, the most humble and perfect and like loving God that there really is, you know? And I think what is really beautiful about, um, Jesus and the whole Christian uh, Trinity and, um, that Godhead is that like, there's choice, um, to follow him or not. Mm. And I think that's really important because in any sort of relationship, um, like you need, you need choice in order for it to be a real one. Because if God had just decided that like, okay, well, you know, I'm this, you know, incredible being who can do anything. Like I want people to like, you know, hang out with and love me and have a relationship with me. He can't like create that and just be like, oh, well, yeah, you must have a relationship with me. Right. Like something is very wrong about that statement. Like imagine, you know, you're, you're trying to like date some girl and it's like, oh, you must love me. You must have a relationship with me. Hmm. Like that's, it's totally ungenuine. Right. Right. (laughs) And I think like, that's, what's really compelling to me about God is because you can't have love without choice. And because you can't have love without choice, um, like you must allow the choice for there to be not love also. Um, which is why like, you know, there's so much evil in the world and so much terror is because people have chosen not to love. And Mm. that's a really sad reality. But in order for true love to exist, um, there needs to be choice, right? Um, And so I think like as far as like the whole religion thing goes, I'm more concerned about the relationship with God. And I think that's where I need to spend like my time and my focus Um, and part of that is like knowing like, Hey, who, who is God? Like, what is the Bible? Where does it come from? Who has, you know, written it and like, you know, in what time period, what, what does it say, um, about the world and God and all of those things. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like where my mind's at right now. Oh God, that's beautiful. Holy smokes. So the, so, so the biggest thing that drew you to Christianity is, um, choice and obviously that like God himself, he gives you that choice. Is that like what really drew you towards Christianity versus all the other religions? Yeah. I mean, part of it and part of what keeps me there. Um, and also like I, I did just grow up with it. Okay. Um, both my parents are Christian and, uh, my whole family is, I I think they have been for generations as well. Um, and I think like it really has resonated with me and anytime I've kind of, uh, excuse me, uh, totally like strayed from it. Hmm. Um, I think I've definitely just been worse off and it's kind of like, Oh, I'm doing more of me, you know, and Mm -hmm. like less of you, which is like not who I think I really want to be. 
Um, and it, it seems like kind of selfish. And I, I heard, uh, I heard somebody say one time that like everybody has a God and like, no matter what you believe, like everybody has a God mm-hmm. and your God could be money. It could be fame. It could be validation. It could be, you know, like partners, um, or sex or, um, it could be music. It could be, um, like all sorts of things. It could even be yourself. Waffles. Um, it could be waffles. Um, and so it's like, you know, is that what you're going to choose to like worship mm. and spend your time with and be your God? Right. And nothing on this earth. I think even, even the things that I love truly like my family and my friends and, um, music and art and expression or nature and beauty. Like none of those things I think quite live up to like, you know, like, Oh yeah, that's, that's it. Like that's, you know, the godsend or whatever. Um, I think, God is like way bigger than all of those things. And he just created it. You know, it's like, I don't want to worship the creation. I want to worship the creator. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I really like hearing that. Cause like growing up as a kid, we were, I was my family, we were Catholic. Like we would go to church okay, every yeah. once in a while. Like we went to, um, Oh, what's that church right off of Arapahoe? As you're going down Arapahoe, right before Arapahoe crossing, it's, um, St. Mary's? I can't think of Maybe. Any, yeah. Anyway, we used to go to that church all the time as a kid, but then we ended up just stopping. And uh-huh. I hate using the word atheist because, like, to me, it just sounds very demonic. Like, I'm atheist. Like, it just, oh, it's sure, such sure. a heavy word. Yeah. But, like, I ended up just growing up being like, I, I don't believe in a God. I know there's something out there, but I don't necessarily believe them. But now that I'm sure. getting older and I'm, like, really understanding, like, purpose like self-purpose watching other people go through their purpose everything yeah like i really am like falling in love with that idea of god is what's not well god is what you want it to be right like whether it be money whether it be like all those examples you were giving i really like that notion because at the end at the end of the day there is a god and it is what you want it to believe in or not like it is what you want it to be right it's what you're going towards and like the old like the biggest question i've always had is like how come we have all these different religions? Cause they're all fighting for the same thing. They all believe in one, like one thing or another. And so like, there's that one universal thing. Why do they all have to not get along when at the end of the day, they're always like, they have a God like Buddha, Jesus, like, you know what I mean? Or maybe I'm way off. Cause again, I sort haven't of. studied religion, but yeah, I, I think like not, not all gods, I guess are like created equal in a way. Okay. That um, makes sense. And so like, you know, if you read the Quran or if you practice Buddhism or if you read the Bible, it's like, they, they may have like a decent amount of crossover, okay. um, but they're still like not the same mm. at the end of the day. It's like either God is, you know, Yahweh or he's Allah or um, he's kind of almost um, transcending, you know, like this being or yourself. Right. Um, or, you know, in the cases of like, you know, other religions, it's like maybe you can become a God or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And so... Like, I think it's just a matter of like, the reason we can't get along is because we disagree on fundamental like truth, you know, and it's like, you know, what, what is truth? Who gets to decide what's true or not? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think like if, if there isn't such a being that like created everything, then truth is just whatever, you know, you or I say it is, which means the truth is there is no truth. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, right? right? It's like, okay, so, you know, we, we, because of our experience and because I think, and 
the Bible talks about this where like God has written the law on our hearts as far as like moral law, right? Mm. Where it's like, okay, yeah, murder is wrong, right? And, but it's like, where did that idea come from? And like, why is that the case? You know, and part of me is, you know, part of you and I, it's like obvious, like, well, you're hurting someone else. Yeah. And like, that's, that's just bad. It's like, I don't really need much of an explanation. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But especially when it comes to like other, you know, like tiny or even bigger moral issues, some people just are like, well, why does that have to be either the only way or why does that have to be like the exclusive, um, right way to do things? Um, and that really comes down to, well, it's like either because God said that's what it is or like, or not. Right. And, and so it's like, if my God says something that's contrary to your God, it's like, okay, well then who, who is God? Right. And is it your God or is it my God or is it mm. neither? Um, because then we can't really get anywhere. Right. Mm. That's interesting. And what I meant by like, everybody has a God is like, everybody chooses to worship something yes. and make that their God. That doesn't mean it is God. It's like, right, if I right, decide that's... to worship music, that doesn't make music God. No. Right. Um, like music is still music yes. and God is still God. But if I make something, my God, that is not God, I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Right. Mm. Oh, I love that. No, that's, ex- yeah. I mean, that's, ex- yes, that's exactly what I was going for. But can we agree that E flat major is the key of God? Can we just put that on the table? Sure. Now? Yeah, okay. obviously <laughs> on God, like it is the most beautiful key. Um, <laughs> no, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I've always just liked about religion is that it like there is structure and like I like the, the yeah I like the structure of it I like the pushing of morals like that's the one like whatever religion is they all have their set of morals they all have their set of structure that's mm-hmm. what I've always liked about it like I've right. always like okay I see religion from at that aspect and like having you say this today I've like I've looked at religion in a new different light and I think it's really cool and yeah. I do like that you're like really incorporating music with it. And like, I think it's really cool. I think religion is fascinating and like mm-hmm. how far back it goes and like the Bible and like how it was written, everything. Like, I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. And like, Oh my God, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you, Cam. Yeah. What and you- it's something I'm still learning about right. all the time. Cause I'm in no way an expert. It's kind of like the more you realize like there is to know, it's like the more you don't know. Right. And it's like, Oh, well there's, there's a lot to this, you know? And, um, it's like, I haven't, you know, taken the time yet to read into different religions. Yeah. Um, even though I definitely want to, and just like, Hey, you know, what, what do these people say about like, you know, purpose and right. who God is, you know, and I don't really see myself like changing from believing in Jesus anytime soon. And I don't really think I ever will. Um, but I still want to know, it's like, Hey, what are other people like led to believe or, um, what are the origins of this? And, um, all of those kinds of things, you know. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's so sweet. I dig that a lot. What are your thoughts on, so what are your thoughts on when we go? What are your thoughts on when we die? What do you think happens when our souls leave our body? What mm-hmm. do you think happens? Yeah, I think, um, and this is something that I'm still kind of learning about, but I think in in terms of like what the Bible is talking about, there's both like kind of a pre like judgment, uh, like a first mm. judgment. And then there's a final judgment. And basically like after you die, I think that you go and visit God, um, first and like your, your spirit is in the presence of God. And basically 
God and you are there to discuss like how you lived your life Mm. and whether um, you also like believed in him or not. And then based off of that, um, God will either, um, you will either be reunited with God or you will stay apart. Mm. Um, And the idea of hell and um, like what that means, I think I'm still, um, processing because I think hell is definitely real and that it like, I don't know if it actually lasts forever Mm. because I think there's also a final judgment, um, where, where God kind of, you know, judges everything a second time and that may lead to different outcomes. And I think that God is going to destroy all evil, um, at that point. Mm. And so maybe hell and all evil will cease to exist because he's just destroyed it all. Um, again, I'm not like a hundred percent positive. Right. Um, but, but yeah. And then one, one thing that's interesting is like, um, also like the, the idea of heaven and hell, right. I think really comes down to like, um, God's presence because if, if God is who I think he is, um, God is good. He is light. He is peace. And so hell is basically the absence of God's presence. Hmm. And so there is no light and there is no peace and there is no goodness. And so like, it's not that hell is necessarily like, you know, like a torture chamber or something, but it's in the absence of God. And therefore that is a form of torture because you're missing out on like everything that is so wonderful about him. Mm. Um, and so that's why I think it's such a tragedy to go through life and like not think about that, you know, where it's like, what would I be missing if I didn't have God, you know? And and I think that's like a whole lot of things. Right. Um, so does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, I totally get that. I like, that's interesting that the, the second judgment. I never knew that. I never, yeah. I never thought about that. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. What if, what if you started in hell and then Jesus came and said, I'm going to give you a second judgment and they just sent you right back to hell. Does that mean like you're a really, really bad person? Um, I don't know or if that, that necessarily means like you're a really bad person. Um, that could be part of it. Um, cause I think the main thing that separates us from God is sin right. and sin is, you know, everything that's like contrary to, um, God and basic moral commands and, um, what God has asked us to do. Right. And so one thing is like, some people think, oh, if you are sent to hell the first time, like you stop sinning and like, Mm. you can just like, you're just kind of in limbo or whatever. And you can't make any like other moral decisions where I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I think that Mm. maybe you can keep sinning in hell and because you're paying the punishment and you never stop committing the crime like you keep paying the punishment and that's where where the idea of like, Oh yeah, you know, it's forever in hell, but it's like, it's because you keep on committing the crime of sin. Right. Right. Um, and so like, again, I don't know if, um, like how the second judgment exactly works. I know it'll basically be at the end of like time or the age, um, where God is going to basically remake heaven and earth and I think potentially, yeah, destroy all that is evil. Um, but part of also is like, you know, if God sends you to hell, I think part of like you or whoever that is like made that choice because it's like, I don't want to be with God. And right. so God's almost like, okay, because you don't want to be with me, 
that's your choice. And right. so this is what happens if you don't want to be with me. Mm. Right. And it's, it's again, like the idea of choice. It's like, I'm not going to force you to believe in me or to love me or to do anything like that. Yeah. Um, and because like, I want to honor that wish of yours. These are the consequences. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. That gives me a whole different perspective on heaven and hell. Yeah. Like I was always just like under the like you know like heaven and hell like that's it you die and you're right going right or because like yeah. again that's what I was was just told and or thought with my little religion brain so that's super interesting yeah huh God that's actually really fascinating I never thought of religion in that aspect before so that's actually really cool yeah I think you're doing a really good job at blending music too with me with religion because I also I still really marvel at the fact that like the shows that I've seen. One of my favorite things, and I messaged you about this, is the no drugs and like no like nothing dirty. Like we don't need other right. substances. The only no. substance you need is the music. Yeah, I think that's like super cool. Like I like geek out on that because like I always just grew up not doing substances. Like I'm not perfect by any means, but like I just never needed them, and because of that, I never saw the purpose of them, especially for music. Right. Music was my substance. Yeah, and so like I don't know. I always just thought that like that was really cool that you guys really forced that like just come and enjoy the music. You don't need to bring anything else in, no alcohol, nothing like just right. stay you and listen to the music. Yeah, totally. And, and part of me worries for people who feel that that is like a necessity for them right. to like enjoy these events. Yes. Um, and I'm, a part of me thinks it's like, if these are so necessary to enjoy these events, it's like, maybe you just don't enjoy the event mm. and maybe you're better, like going to enjoy something else like That's elsewhere, you know? Um, cause if, you know, if you feel like you need to almost like not be yourself to be somewhere, it's like, that probably says something that's like, you know, you're, you're not in the right environment or, you know, you're trying to maybe like soothe yourself from pain or whatever. Um, and because like EDM events are like so loud, um, right. on average, I feel like there's a part of that that's like, oh, I, I, part of why I go to this is so that I can like not hear my own thoughts. Right. Because maybe your own thoughts are like torturing you or whatever. Um, and that's awful. And it's like, yeah, I mean with how crazy, like some of the higher production shows are, um, where there's like tons of visuals or there's lasers or, right. you know, video screens and whatever. It's like, these shows are like more than enough like for me, like right. as a sober person, it's no like, kidding. This, like this is already a lot to take this is in. Very stimulating. And, and then it's like, oh, you want to add, you know, LSD? It's like, okay, you know, it's like right. that. Yeah, it's it can be really dangerous. Um, but yeah, part of me just wonders, like, for those people who do often use drugs, and like it, there's definitely a drug culture within, um, right? You know, the EDM scene. It's like, what does that really provide for you? And it's like, why do you feel the need to? reach for that or use mm. that. And I'm not like hundred percent against alcohol, by the right. way, I think alcohol can be enjoyed in a responsible oh, way. And I if mean, you like it, I say, mean, like, yeah, no, that's, seriously. that's what it is. Right. Like anything. Right. But, right. um, but it's also like, you know, if, if you're like overdoing it, yes. Like what's, yeah. What's up with what's that? What's the main, you know? what's the backing issue? Oh, why yeah, exactly. I'm right. in the same boat. Like, Oh, I agree. I think like, yeah, like anything, you can go out and have a good time, enjoy whatever you want. I'm not against it at all. I'm sure, just like, right. it's the people that abuse it. I'm in the same thought process. Like, why did you, why? Because like, yeah. that's always fascinating to me is like why people do things. So mm -hmm. like, I'm always just curious, like what's the deeper root here? What's, what's yeah. the big deal? Exactly. Yeah. No, I love it, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. This is absolutely awesome. This is a great conversation. I learned so much today about religion, so much about you. Cause we never really had a conversation like this before. Right. So like, this is super cool. Yeah. And it was just super cool to get your message out there, to get people to talk and like hear what you need to say. 
Yeah. Now all the dogs are coming into the basement as I'm talking. <laughs> um, They're here. They're invading. But no, dude, seriously, I think what you're doing is amazing. I love your art. I love your name. I love it. Oh, now yep. my dad came down. Everybody's down. Everybody. Uh-oh. Everything's falling apart for God's sake. Things are going crazy. All right. Anyway, no, but seriously, I, I think it's great. I really love your logo. I just want to say that again. Yep. I love how aesthetically pleasing it is. I love what it stands for, what you stand for as a person. So, Elijah, seriously, Moylem, thank yep. you so much for doing this. And uh, look for Requiem, White. Requiem. I can't speak. November 5th, 2023. uh, That's when it comes out on Apostle Records. It's going to be part of a compilation called The Sword, um, which is, I think, their second um, compilation that they've ever done. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, follow Wavesy um, oh, on all thanks, the man. platforms. Yeah, he makes <laughs> no great music. We also may have something special coming soon Ooh, between the two of us. Yay! Um, but yeah, thank you, Cam, for having me on this. This was really fun. I'm glad we got to actually talk. And, me too. You know, get a little deep. Um, I really appreciate that, dude. Of so. course, and you're welcome back anytime. We'll definitely have a part two because there's definitely more we could talk Heck about. Yeah. So. Anyway, thanks again, Moylem. Any show dates coming up at all or not yet? Uh, no, I, I just got done playing my second round at Base Ops at Love Vinyl it. in Denver, uh, opening up for Oski. Um, so shout out Amplitude. Those guys are lit. Shout out um, and then I just got done also playing um, on the X-Toll Records little tour that they've done, um, so their cool. Presence Tour. Um, and that was really fun. They had a show in Denver not too long ago. Um, I'm hoping to play, you know, like the church, um, basement, um, or the church in general at some point. I think that'd be really fun. Hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, right now I don't have necessarily anything coming up. I think I'm just working on more music at the moment. So yeah. That's what I'm talking about, dude. We're all excited for it. Yeah. All right, man. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) It's always the worst part is concluding a podcast. How how do we end this? How do we end this? (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)